Good evening, everybody. This is Ying here, live with Ying the podcast. We're about to see what's going on tonight. As you see, Yang is not yet on. I hope everything is okay with her, um, but we will move forward accordingly. So tonight's podcast, usually we would play the disclosure first thing, um, but because of us being live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok tonight, I wanted to say our disclosure because it's very important that people understand this from the beginning. I am not a psychologist. I have education in psychology. Um, however, I'm not a psychologist, so any information you hear is completely opinion based. Um, and you know, go go see the proper channels you need to see if this is you. So tonight's podcast is a mental health podcast podcast sponsored by my stable mind. Um, that's why I'm not quite sure where Yang is. However, um, it is on depression. So we're going to go over some different kinds of depression, symptoms of depression, you know, signs of depression, how family around you can help with depression, etc. So if anyone wants to jump in, please feel free. Um, you know, I can only see the comments on TikTok because it's right in my face up here. And I can see the comments on Facebook. Um, if you don't put it in the actual Riverside studio, I won't be able to see them tonight because it is just me right here right now. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. What is depression? So, you know, depression can be seen in multiple different forms. Sometimes it's really sad, you know, sometimes it's people that aren't sleeping at night or sleeping way too much. Sometimes it's people that aren't eating at all or eating way too much. There are multiple forms of depression. So there's not always a way to know right up front if you have some form of depression. Um, depression comes in many different forms. Flavors, there's major depression, manic depression, seasonal depression, you know, situational depression. Um, it is normal to feel sad or lost during the loss of like a family member or a friend or someone you care a lot about. Um, it is not natural or normal to feel that way long term. Um, and I have always told y'all that I will share with you whatever I can about me to help in this situation. So I'm going to give you a little background on me. I, as a teenager, struggled a lot with depression. I had multiple suicide attempts and multiple things going on. Now, there was a there was a reason for my depression. And they did say that I had major depression back then um, because I wasn't, I was eating too much. I was sleeping all the time, but they also didn't have my meds correct. So they weren't exactly sure what all was going on with me to know if they had me on the right meds or not. So with that being said, it was one of those situations where it was like, oh, dang, like, yeah, I am sleeping all the time, but maybe that's not my fault. And it wasn't. Um, however, throughout the years, you know, anyone that knows me knows that I have been in and out of therapy pretty much my entire life. Um, and a lot of times when I go back, it's because I feel that depression coming back on. Um, and for me, I can always tell because I stopped doing the things I enjoy the most, like podcasts or writing or, um, you know, going places with friends and things like that. I will start to kind of go into this hermit type shell 
and I won't want to talk to people and I won't want to be around people. But typically my depressions now that come in are like situational. Um, When my dad passed, it was a really rough thing for me to get over um, and to move forward from. But I was also at a very big turning point in my life in the middle of my divorce. So that, you know, all the different overwhelming things there put me, you know, back into a slight depression. And I, I'm, struggled through it, but I got through it. Um, most recently I have had a lot of medical things going on with me, which has triggered some of that depression, um, which has triggered me to get back into therapy because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and I'm not saying therapies for everyone, but I'm also saying if you haven't tried it, try it. And if you've tried it once, try it again with a different therapist, because if you find the right therapist, it always makes it worth it. And that's the biggest thing that I can recommend. Um, So with that being said, going on a little bit more about depression as a whole, you know, feeling sad is, I don't want to say normal, but it's normal, Um, especially when you're facing something difficult. Okay. But for many people, this dark feeling can be intense and overwhelming and they can't handle it. So it'll make you feel hopeless or helpless. And if it carries on for weeks or months or even longer, this is depression. That is not an emotion. That is not sad. That is depression. And and something can be wrong with the chemical imbalance in your brain. And sometimes you need medicine to help fix that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But not treating it can only make it worse. And that's the biggest thing to remember is if you're not treating it at all, you can only make it worse. So Depression is like a condition and it's characterized by like feelings of sadness or hopelessness and often like worthlessness accompanied by both like physical and mental symptoms. And by physical symptoms, they mean like your whole body aches. Your heart isn't just sad, it aches. You know, your body feels like it got hit by something. You're, you have no motivation to do anything better for yourself or the people around you. And it kind of just feels like whatever. Um, So your mood typically can recover over time. But if it doesn't start to recover over time, you know, if, if you're feeling sad for multiple days in a row without reason, at that point is when you should start maybe seeking help. Um, experience sadness, experiencing sadness means that you can still enjoy some activities. Like I can tell you with me, like, I know that I need to get back into therapy right now with everything that I have going on. And I know it's probably really important that I do that. Um, and I am, but like little things, I'm not finding as much fun anymore. Um, you know, I can still laugh through them. I can still have a good time doing them, but afterwards I don't feel the same excitement or happiness that I've felt for so long. So that's a big deal. Um, So if left untreated, depression can creep into like all parts of your work, life and school um, and home. It escalates in intensity, impacting relationships, health and education. Um, So what causes depression to occur? Um, hello, Yang. Sorry, I didn't see you come in. Yes, yes, yes. I am here, finally. How you doing? 
I'm all right. Um, we're just kind of going over what causes depression and stuff like that. Right. Got me to uh, be here, Tarty. Go ahead. Are you? Um, my apologies, y'all, for jumping in. You know, life be life in today. Okay. Um, are you on TikTok too? Let me ju- join that real quick so we can be synced. All right, I'm going to keep going while yes. you're doing that. Yes, um, yes, go ahead. So what causes depression to occur is often caused by a combination of biological, psychological, and or genetic factors. So depression can actually be genetic because it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. Um. And there's not much you can do about something like that. Depression can also happen when there's like particular changes in your brain. Um, Like if you're getting stuck in like repetitive or negative patterns of thinking, environmental factors, like a job loss, a divorce, problems at work. They can also have like a major impact on depressive episodes in your brain. So a bout of depression could happen after a traumatic event or change of a circumstance in someone's life. It could also occur because of changes in the brain or from addiction or drugs to alcohol. Um, And depression can also happen around the birth of a child due to like menstrual cycle changes and hormonal difficulties, which is why you hear a lot about postpartum depression. Um, And believe it or not, some people have what you call seasonal depression, which means during each certain seasons each year, they become depressed. A lot of times this happens around winter. You know, winter gets dark earlier. People are, you know, to themselves a lot more. It becomes this thing where you're stuck in this rut. Um, And like, personally, I can tell you that mine starts about August every year. August every year is always rough for me. It's the worst month of the year for me for some reason. And almost every August I have to speak with a therapist um so you know some people say oh well that's really strange that adds up but seasonal depression is a thing so um anybody can develop depression It, it doesn't it's not like oh only black people can get depression or you know it's nothing like that anybody can get depression um so and there are so many different types of depression that it's hard to acknowledge which one you have without going and seeking the proper help that you need. Um, So, for instance, major depressive disorder, the symptoms are felt like daily and disrupted for day-to-day life. They cause significant impairment. Um, Persistent depressive disorder, these symptoms are felt for like prolonged periods of time, like up to two years. However, the symptoms might not be as intense as with major depressive disorder. Um, Manic depression, which is me now. Um, it, symptoms include like hallucinate. No, sorry. Um, symptoms have all like alternative feelings of euphoria or intense happiness. So like that's, I have manic depression. So like sometimes I'll be really, really sad for a few days. And then other days I'll be like so extremely happy that I don't know what to do with myself. So that's a lot of people don't acknowledge that they're like oh they're bipolar well no it's manic depression for some people so depressive psychosis which is a whole nother kind of depression includes like hallucinations and the sense of losing touch with reality and i know a lot of people that have experienced that over year like over years um perinatal 
of course, is, is depression symptoms prior to pregnancy, whereas postpartum is after pregnancy. Um, seasonal depression, atypical depression, situational depression, we've kind of already gone over. So I know that you've done a little bit more research on stuff like this, Sheena. Um, when do you feel like it's time for people to get help with depression? Okay. I'm not sure what's going on with Yang's sound or video. Um, but that's okay. Um, we'll just jump back over. And so how do you know if it's depression? How do you know it's time to get help? Well, if you're feeling this way for multiple days or it's had a physical or emotional or mental stress on you in any way, it is then time to get help. At that point, it is absolutely time to get help. Um, some of the mental and emotional symptoms of depression do include feeling hopeless, feeling indifferent, being irritable, feeling worthless, helpless, or guilty, feelings of anxiety or agitation, withdrawing from like your friends and family, no longer interested in hobbies, activities, and spending time with others. Um, thoughts of like self-harm or suicide and then loss of memory is a big one too. Some of the physical symptoms are like fatigue, headaches. I'm sorry, y'all, please ignore my background. My dog is running around in circles for no reason. Um, so like fatigue or like loss of energy, headaches, digestive difficulties, body aches and pains. With no clear reason for their presence, restlessness or an urge to move around constantly, trouble falling or staying asleep or waking up extremely early or extremely late, changes with weight due to overeating and not eating self attempts at suicide. So, depression can come from either you know, things that you've been through or things that you're going through. But again, depression can also be a genetic trait. So depression is diagnosed um, by a mental health professional. And as I stated at the beginning of this call, we are not mental health professionals. So we cannot tell you if you have depression or not. You need to reach out to your local mental health department. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, every county has a mental health department. So if you type into your Google search, you know, such and such county mental health department, they will have somewhere for you to go or somewhere for you to speak with somebody or be referred to. And each county is different on how it works. Um, so with that being said, you know, that's the, the only way to get a diagnosis for depression is to go, yeah, go see a doctor. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it is absolutely correct. <laughs> um, now, I don't want people to think, oh, if you get depression, there's nothing you can do about it. No, I don't there's want always, no. So, and, and what are the different kinds of help? 
Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I'm just saying that um, many people think they are alone. And that's the biggest thing um, with mental health is a lot of people um, think they're alone in their issues. And where there's not, they're such, um, they're not alone. And that's why I want to shed some light on the, on uh, many of the mental health conditions. um, So people know that they're not alone and there is help out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's super important for people to know, and it's super important for you also to know that there might not be a cure for your kind of depression, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy life. I mean, there are different resources between therapy and medication, um, and things like that, even holistic treatments that can help you. You know, if, if you're one of those, me, if you're one of those people that don't like to take depression (laughs) meds because you feel like, you know, they make you a zombie and they do. To me, to other people, they might not. Other people do great on them. But to me, they make me a zombie and they make me not have any emotions and they make me not have any energy. So for me, I have always medicated different ways like coffee. Um, But that's not the answer, guys. Coffee is not the answer to your depression. (laughs) Um, When I'm self-medicating with coffee, I'm also going to therapy. So there's a difference. You know, it's not that I'm not doing nothing when those times come. Um, but sometimes like the medication part can be rough and that's the reality of the situation. You know, I, as I explained when we first started the podcast tonight, Mm -hmm. you know, as a teenager, I was on multiple different medicines until they could figure out the right one for me. Uh, Cause you can have adverse effects to medicines. I am had a medicine that made me see things. I had a medicine that made me homicidal. I had Mm -hmm. a medicine that made me flip out on everybody around me like I was super irritable and angry and then they finally got me on Zoloft and I was on Zoloft for years but that it made me feel like a zombie so at the point that I legally could make my own decisions which was you know I'd say 18 but I was more like 16 because I just quit taking it um I got away from the regular medical treatments and decided that I would learn my triggers to get better instead of trying to take this medicine that I felt like I was being forced and, and you're, you're never forced to do it. Um, right. So what, what Girl, would at you least like you to you got in? hell when you was younger me. I, um, I just, I just went through it. Um, I guess I grew up differently. Not, um, our family wasn't like openly talking about mental health. It just wasn't something we dealt with. Um, Easily as a family, it's just nobody really talked about it or you just, you know, was expected to just deal with life when life was life. And I don't think they even think that depression is a thing. So I didn't really seek help for how I was feeling until like in my 20s, early 20s. And then they, um, I started going to the doctors like, hey, you know, I feel like this, that. And that's when they was like, hey, you might. Actually, I started, um, was first diagnosed with um, anxiety at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so they started, you know, putting me on medication for anxiety. That's when I first started getting introduced to a lot of the things in my early 20s with anxiety. And then um, they told me, oh, you, you have depression, too, as long as with anxiety. So. That was fun, like, you know, trying to find out and being put on different type of medicines. Um, 
still dealing with, but it's hard to deal. I just want to say it's hard to deal with it, especially when you do come from a family who really doesn't um, deal with mental health or mental health issues or issues like depression um, very fairly. But it is good to seek help no matter what, you know, your family's beliefs are because a lot of people do believe that um, depression is not as serious as it is. It's, it's very serious and it's very common too. Um, but I know some people out there, because I lived through it, that doesn't believe in um, depression is real. And it's, it's such a sad thing. So I want to bring something up now that you're saying that very openly, because mm -hmm. something I have learned over the years um, is there is a stigmatism amongst African-American families where a lot of them don't believe in mental health. Mm -hmm. um, and up until meeting, you know, you and your brother, I had never, I don't want to say never, because I was directly exposed to that with my ex-husband. Um, but I never was openly allowed to discuss that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's weird for me. I don't want to say weird. I mean, my mental health came on strong, really young. You know, I was, I was 13 years old the first time I attempted suicide. And my parents had never been through something like that either. And so to them, it was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, and they had to listen, it took them a lot of time and a lot of stages and, and a lot of arguing and, and hey, my feelings are valid and things like that, for them to get to a point where they started to understand where I was coming from and what was going on. Now, mind you, for at least the first year of therapy, my parents had no idea why I was so sad or, or what these dreams were about that I was discussing and things like that, because I wasn't required to tell them. So I didn't want to. And at the point right. that I finally did tell them everything that happened when I was really young, you know, they were, they stood behind me stronger than anybody in the world. And if it wasn't for my parents standing up and saying, Hey, we got your back, no matter what it is. I don't think I would have ever came out of that depression. I would have been one of those people that eventually um, was successful in a suicide um, because I didn't want to live. I didn't want to move forward. I didn't want the help. I just wanted it all to go away, you know? So that was one of the biggest and hardest times for not just me, but my family. So hearing other people say, you know, that they've mm -hmm. been in your Excuse situation, me. um, it is really hard for me because it's it's heartbreaking to know that your family could sit around and see you sad and never be like, hey, are you all right? Or, you know, or acknowledge that you're breaking inside even when, you know, and maybe you were good at hiding it because I was a pro at hiding it. But I don't know if it was a you were good at hiding it or a, they were oblivious to it. Yeah, that's a good question. Because if you don't feel comfortable, like me, I didn't really feel comfortable with opening up about um, my feelings. So I never felt comfortable even to say anything. So I just, you know, kept it in. Right. 
Um, so I want to debunk a few myths about depression while we're on the topic because it's a really strange astigmatism, um, about like myths and stuff like that. So with debunking the myths, myths about depression, um, you know, there's a lot of gray areas, you know, one of the biggest myths are depression is just feeling sad. Well, it's not. Well, it's, yeah, and it's different. So, like, if someone says, oh, I'm feeling so depressed, they're really probably saying, hey, I'm feeling really sad. Um, Depression's impacts are not the same for everyone, but it can't just be cured by positive thoughts. You can't just go, oh, I'm happy. (laughs) And that's the thing. So many people have that mindset that, oh, depression is you feeling sad, so cheer up. Right. And that's how it was, like, even, like, in my marriage, like, my ex at the time, he had that mentality that, like, depression wasn't a thing that I um, was supposed to be taken seriously. He thought that, you know, I was depressed, so I'm sad, so I should just cheer up and just do something that I want to do or spend money that, you know, just to cheer up. You know, I'm like, listen, you know, we don't have extra money to spend, but he's spending extra money just because you're not battling your your feelings <laughs> that well because you don't really understand. But a lot of people don't. They just think that you're sad and you should just go out and do something to cheer up and, and you'll get over it. Yeah. But it, it's such much, it's so much more. It is. And that's, a lot of people don't get that. And I will tell you, I am an emotional buyer. So. Oh, me too. I I will wake up on a Saturday and not feel well and I'll do my podcast in the morning and I'll get on the computer at like one o'clock and I'll spend a bunch of money that I should not spend on things that I do not need because it's on sale and I get some kind of like adrenaline rush whenever I make a purchase and I know it's coming in the mail. And I can give you the perfect example. On Super Bowl Sunday, Team U. Had a 99 cent sale. <laughs> I would like y'all you to know that I spent like 60 bucks on BS that I didn't need. But there was a sale and Super Bowl Sunday is not like a ha- – I know it's a happy day for a lot of people. But that's a day that I spent with my dad pretty much every every year. So it kind of bums me out like every year. Um, and this year I was also sick. So I sat at my mom's house with my mom and my boyfriend and me, and we watched some of the Super Bowl, and we had little, you know, hand foods and stuff. And it should have been a great time. Instead, I was on Team U buying stuff because I was sad and I wanted to be happy for a second. And then when it got here, y'all, I literally, <laughs> I literally spent sixty bucks on rocks. I just bought a whole bunch of crystals. And rocks. Oh, that's so cool, though. And girl, temporary listen. tattoos. Why? Why? I'm gonna. I'm a full adult. I can go and get real tattoos. But no, no. I just want one for a day or two. So I got me some temporary tattoos. But for that girl, moment, that it made me happy. That's not as bad as me. That's not as bad as me. I emotionally shop, and I I do it differently. I go into the stores. Um, I can't go in the store just, when I'm sad. It's just, I had to get away from everybody. So it's just me walking through the stores that 
I don't know. It's just, I guess, give me a little peace in my little bubble because I'm in my own world. Sometimes I have my earbuds on, listening to music while I'm walking around. But my thing is, uh, like, craft stuff. Like, I'm addicted to buying craft stuff. And the more sad I am, the more crap I buy. <laughs> so now it's like... I don't know. I have a storage, uh, uh, not facility, because I'm not that that type of, uh, (laughs) that type. I'm not a storage facility, but I got a storage unit, I should say. And it's halfway filled with crap that I just purchased of craft stuff that I never make, because I just buy craft stuff. I never make nothing. And I have all Mm -hmm. kind of paints, um, rocks, like pebbles and stuff, and like beads to make um, jewelry and and all kinds of stuff. How much of that stuff have you actually made? None. I got some stuff that's been in like the original package <laughs> like five years ago. I just brought it because oh, it looks cute. It's colorful. It's this, that, and third. It's gonna I buy it. And it's, it's going to make me happy. I'm going to make this with it and I'm going to give it out for Christmas and all stuff <laughs> like that. And it's still in the box. Uh-huh. It's in tubs and stuff. So I have. So if anybody needs some craft stuff, I probably got some stuff for you. I have this mindset that when I'm depressed or I'm feeling sad, I have to go buy craft stuff so I can make. You know what stuff we should do, Sheena? <laughs> Me and you should put a bunch of crap in a box. <laughs> and every time you're having a sad time, I'll mail it to you so you get a present. And then whenever you see I'm struggling, you mail it back so I get one. And it can be the same exact stuff and it can just go back and forth. But at least then we're receiving items when we're feeling sad. Right, um, and we can open up, and especially it's coming from you, so I was like, oh, my BFF sent me something. <laughs> so I missed that earlier. I don't even know who it's from. Um, but it says, like, I feel like there's a stigma with my generation around depression, like it's a, a weakness. And that's a yeah, valid I get point. That. You know, and it is a really big stigma around depression. I mean, if you think about it, it like, is. you know, people are like, oh, if you're depressed, you're you're weak. You can't handle this. You can't. But the reality is, listen, <laughs> and this is just the truth. If you ask any single person around me, they're going to tell you, hey, Amanda's the strongest person I know because I take pain with a hit and I just keep going. But that's because I was learning about my illness and things like that when I was 13 years old. So while y'all were out playing tag with your friends, starting to dress up to look cute for boys, you know, doing stuff like that, I was in and out of mental hospitals, learning about my condition, learning my triggers, learning to get better at a very, very young age. Um, which also, in my opinion, just grew my intelligence on this matter particularly. I'm not nowhere near a professional by far, and I could never work with people on that level, even though I have, you know, psychology, you know, in, in my education. I just don't want to work with people one-on-one because I can't handle it. I soak up emotions too much. As an empath, I take all of your pain and I put it inside me and and then I'm going to get depressed. So it doesn't work for me. But the stigma behind, you know, our generation and depression is horrible. Horrible. You know, they, they, I remember 
dating a guy with depression at one point and someone saying to me like he's the weakest man you've ever dated and I was like actually he's the strongest because he's the only person that's ever admitted to me as a man that he has any issues and if you can't admit to your significant other that there's something wrong then you're not willing to admit it to the world and you're not willing to get the, the proper help you know the place when you're at home that should be your safest space period and if you're not with someone that you feel like you can tell, like, hey, I'm just not happy today or, hey, I'm struggling with something, then you're not in the right relationship. And you need to let it go, regardless of what. I don't care if you're married. I don't care if y'all been together 50 years. I don't care about none of that. If I ever went to my boyfriend and he dismissed me when I said, hey, I'm feeling sad or ham, then he wouldn't be my boyfriend. You know, and, and that's just what it comes down to. But the same is with me. If he ever came to me and was like, hey, man, I'm struggling with something or, hey, I'm sad. If I said to him, listen, man up, what kind of girlfriend am I? Yeah. And that's the problem is a lot of the stigma comes from men are not allowed to show emotions, which is absolutely stupid to me. Right. Um, like, like men don't have emotions. They don't be um the, what the popular term is now in their feelings uh they don't deal they shouldn't deal with feelings they shouldn't cry they shouldn't do anything and that's really sad because you have to let it out yeah that's your outlet if you can't be in your feelings behind me or around me or in the same room with me or in the same house yeah. then go if you can't be vulnerable with me then we're not a, we're not compatible we're yeah, not because if you're if not you're being supposed vulnerable to be... then i'm not gonna be vulnerable and we're gonna stay here and be two stubborn people in a 10-year relationship that goes nowhere i'm about saying a fake relationship because mm -hmm. you're basically being fake with each other right because you everybody like is that. vulnerable with someone you know, and if you got to call up your best friend to be vulnerable, as if you're getting it out, I'm okay with that. But if you're still not willing to be vulnerable with me, there's a problem. You know, the conversations that I have with, I know uh, that's a lot of y'all heard her name before. That's that's my, my bestie on the other coast. So anytime I have conversations with her or anytime I have conversations with Sheena or my best friend, George, I'd be right there in front of, you know, my significant other. You know, I don't have to hide anything from him. I don't have to hide no emotions from him. If I had to do those kinds of things, I wouldn't be in that relationship because I can't be that person. I'm an e I'm a Scorpio. I'm like a very emotional person. <laughs> um, I don't know why I keep doing stuff like that all the time when we have conversations, but it looks really cool on my TikTok camera. So... <laughs> You want the people that talk with their hands, like they they have to talk with their hands and they have to do something oh, while they're oh, oh. talking, so they feel like you are listening better because they're directing you while they're talking. That's so. <laughs> I used to think, and just I know this is completely off topic, but she brought it up, so it's her fault. Um, <laughs> I because I grew up with a family member that was deaf, um, mm. and. I don't even remember, like, she was, like, a second cousin or what. But anyway, she was deaf. And so I learned a little bit of sign language. And so I always thought when you would see, like, those girls from the city that would be talking with their hands and da-da-da-da-da. Jazz hands, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, we, we somebody in the, the Facebook chat said jazz hands. So, you know, um, so every time I would see people talking with their hands and stuff like that. And plus, I was in Charleston, South Carolina, y'all. And I don't know if y'all know anything about that. But down there, they talk Geechee. 
So they would be talking really <laughs> geeky, and then they would be using their neck and their hands. I thought all those people were deaf. <laughs> I thought everybody that was around doing stuff like that, I thought they were all talking in sign language, and I just didn't know what they were saying. When they were moving their heads yes, and their hands and doing all this, I thought that they were all just deaf. And then, so when I heard a person talk and do it before, I was like, I wonder if they do that because they got a sibling that's deaf. So they just naturally do that. But no, apparently it's talking with your hands. That's hilarious. Listen, y'all, I was not, I was intelligent my entire life, but I lacked like every bit of common sense that a normal human being should have for the majority of my life. Like I just, I wasn't naive, but my brain would just over process everything. <laughs> Me too. When like to this day, my mom would be like, you know, her daughter, she's very uh, book smart, but, common sense and she's slow to catch said, mom don't do me like that don't do me like that <laughs> i wonder what my mom says to people about me you know because i got <laughs> sisters like i wonder which sister i am like am i the emotional sister am i i know that at one point my sister used to be like i i was the daughter with the most sketchy friends um you know like you can you could call me up if, if you need my friends to ride through and take care of something for you um <laughs> <laughs> You was that kind of friend. <laughs> I was, um, because I've always been like, let's go slice some tires. Yeah, pretty much. But, <laughs> but I've always kind of been like the person that like, it's hard to not be drawn to me because I'm a very real person. Um, and I'm very upfront and open with my emotions and my feelings and so people would come around and always be like, oh, we got to save Amanda. And so I'd always be like this little white girl. And hang out with like a bunch of, how do I, I don't know if I can legally say this on here. Well, it doesn't matter. They don't know my past. So y'all don't know who it was, but I used to have like a bunch of dope dealers and things like that. So I was always the person that if there was a problem, oh, call Amanda, she's going to know what to do. And people call me and I'm like, oh, no problem. I'm on my way. And then I'm like, so-and-so, I need you to take me here. My homegirl's an issue. <laughs> like, so I was that friend. So I wonder if that's how my parents perceive me as their daughter, like, that's our daughter that we know is never gonna, you know. You're the ride or die daughter. You right. want to be she's, there. She's probably, she, hopefully, she doesn't end up in prison. But we know that if we need something, she's got her back. Like, I wonder if that was the daughter they said I was, or the crybaby. <laughs> I know my sisters say I'm a crybaby. So, oh no, I was girl. My sister used to throw like stuff at me, and I'd cry to my mom. I'm like, my little sister's being mean to me. She won't let me get a snack out of the cabinet. Oh, so you was actually the snitch, too. <laughs> nah, I, I wasn't the snitch in my family. My little sister was. My little sister used to tell us to do stuff and then tell on us for it. Is this, this uh, snitching out your sister? Listen, I wasn't the snitch my little sister was. Yeah, no, she knows, it, she knows it, man. She she really knows it, too, because, like, she would be like, oh, y'all going down the street? And we'd be like, yeah. And she'd be like, can I come? We'd be like, no. And then five minutes later, my mom would be like, y'all ain't going nowhere. Um, how do you win? Hold on, y'all. Y'all can't leave the house. No. Oh, my God. As she that's got older, hilarious. That's just when she was real young, though. As she got older, she was cool. Um. Oh wow. But anyways, back back to depression and myths about depression. Right. That's what we was talking about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We gonna, I'm going to get into some statistics, but yes. Uh. 
Yeah, that was so hilarious. I'll finish up these couple of myths and then we'll jump on those statistics. And this actual, this last myth, Sheena just brought up to us because depression is not something you could just snap out of and be fine. No, it's really not. And it may take um, medication because depression can be a chemical imbalance. And that's why you're having these feelings. It doesn't um, necessarily mean you're, you um, have trauma that stems from the depression or is, you know, your recalls could be a chemical imbalance. And that's where medication can help. Absolutely. You know, and then there's other um, forms of depression where therapy can help. And that you can just get through your depression symptoms and stuff with therapy and going through uh, those practices and you don't need medication and then there's times like you said like I just said with chemical imbalance that you need medication to fix it so you definitely need to seek help uh, by professionals um, for your depression and then the last myth that we even have out here is that there is only one type of depression. Many don't understand that there are different types of depression, more unaware that there's clinical depression, situational depression, and like more manageable feelings of sadness. Like depression isn't something you can sleep off after a bad day. It's not going to stop if something good happens. It's not going to stop because you got a new boyfriend. It doesn't work like that. It will last for weeks, or, months, or years if not treated. Right. You can't treat it by buying craft stuff because Hobby Lobby will just take Listen, your money. I thought I thought you were saying you can't treat it by buying crack. I didn't hear the craft part of it. And I was like, that's a really weird take. Have you heard people say that before? Like you can you can get over it with crack? <laughs> if so, man, let me know. I mean, you can try anything once. No, don't right? do that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. Um, <laughs> you're not gonna. You're not gonna fix your depression with crack. You're sure not it. Um, you might lose a couple pounds, but you're not <laughs> going to fix it. Oh, that's funny. Oh god. Oh god. All right. Okay. So let's no. get into some statistics. And crack statistics. is not going to be on it, guys. So we're not talking about no. drugs anymore. Drugs are no. not cool. Or whatever not cool. I'm you cannot to fix say. nothing. You cannot fix nothing with uh with drugs. You know, except um, you can probably fix your weight. And if probably you know if you're, and you probably might be happy. You for can probably fix things in your house pretty quick if you hang out with some crackheads. Yeah, but, they work real fast. But but they're also going to steal some of your stuff. So yes, keep that in definitely. mind. Um. Mm-hmm. So crack is whack. And they will be back. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard that in years. Crack is whack. Man, I remember D.A.R.E. program. <laughs> I do too. In school, was that what the one with the dog? Is it the one with the dog? Yeah, it's the one with the, well. The... Yeah, it's the one with the dog. It wasn't the bear. The bear was the fire forest guy. Right. Yeah. I just remember it was like there with red letters and like their logo was like red letters, I think. <laughs> Listen, we Wasn't got it? somebody in the Facebook comments talking about <laughs> crackheads will put a whole roof on in four hours. <laughs> they sure will. <laughs> and they'll be happy. And they'll be right. happy. Right. As long as they get their fix when they finish, y'all. <laughs> the, the whole thing is like, all right, let me get my twenty dollars. <laughs> Do anything for that twenty. Man, you know oh my god! How many times I got my car fixed for twenty dollars? I don't have no hate. I none at all. 
Oh, oh my god. McGruff. Oh yeah, with the dog, with the trench coat. The dog with the trench yeah, coat. Yeah, so Herb that in the was... comments is <laughs> he said, act like you don't know me, young lady. It feels really good to be called young. I've known Herb since I was like 12 years old. Um, But he says, that's McGruff. It's McGruff. Yep. That I don't is. remember the dog. I just remember police you officers know. coming in and they had like this little trifold board and they would point at the drug and be like, does anyone know what this is? And apparently saying something my parents have is not a good option. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, you know, they would have like these little bags of pictures and stuff hung up on this trifold board. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, I do remember the deer program. I do remember the dog I just and the remember coat. the dang t-shirts. Dare, keep kids off drugs. And I had the little black dare shirt and I used to wear it all the time. And I thought I was super cool. And then the boys started making fun of me in the neighborhood saying I wasn't cool because I wore the dare shirt. And so I quit wearing the dare shirt and I used to wear it <laughs> at night in the house because I didn't want people to think I wasn't cool. But to me, drugs were bad and I didn't want, you know... I didn't want nobody to be on drugs. Oh, gosh. What was the program now until my age? The program where we used to get the little free certificates for the uh, personal pan pizza. Because you know the personal pan pizza. Oh, that was the reading program. Was thing. Oh, that was a reading. Yeah, you know, you that was a read, thing you in school. You had to read the little books or you had to have straight A's or perfect attendance. And you would get the little personal pan pizzas from Pizza Hut. Listen. Yeah, I didn't know if that was the D.A.R.E. program or something. I know the D.A.R.E. program used to give us stuff, too. But I don't remember. But I remember getting the little coupons for the personal pan pizza. I used to love I my little Dare coupon. Gave you, I don't think Dare can give you anything. What would they have given you? Drugs? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Well, they, gave me they probably had some t-shirts. Like you said, t-shirts and maybe pins or a backpack or something. I know that I won that t-shirt because I knew what the name of marijuana was. <laughs> um, I actually called it Pops. They're like, what's this? Pots. I was like, pots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't really know the name, but I thought pots. I did. Oh, marijuana is called so many names. Uh, anyway, I do want <laughs> We didn't then take uh, it on. Um... Sorry, I just realized I didn't ever know this. I don't think. DARE stood for Drug Awareness Resistance Education. Oh, that's a mouthful. That's why they call it dare. Right, because I'm for that. never going to remember that for the rest of my life. And Herb, I don't know how you've remembered that for this many years or if you just Googled <laughs> it. Um, but I know your age because we grew up together. So I know that that's way too long to remember what that was. Um, and I, I didn't know, even know it's David. <laughs> me either. Maybe it's my ADHD that just doesn't allow me to remember stuff that long. But... Um, anyway, I just don't remember dare stay away from drugs. Okay, yes, stay away from drugs. Drugs will not help your depression. Let's talk about stay some statistics. Drugs. Do you have any statistics on if drugs help depression? Well, um, I don't think on helping depression. I think just drugs may not help depression. Don't get on drugs thinking that's not a medication. Okay, this is yeah, saying that is not out a there. prescribed thing, people. <laughs> right. Um, before I uh, get into statistics, statistics, I, um, just wanted to say, hold on, 
Okay, I just wanted to say, like, to piggyback on something we were talking about earlier with um with one of your myths, is that like in my um past relationship when I was married, now um with my ex, he didn't believe in depression and like when I would talk to him about like my feelings he was like you know he had uh was the type that says that you know if you were depressed you was weak um so I never opened up to him about it or never felt like I could talk to him about it because I knew if I even said anything remotely that I had uh was depressed about anything that he was gonna make me feel like I was weak so I, I just sucked it up on the inside and be like, okay, I need to be strong. And I just started fighting through it on my own because you make you feel like you can't talk to them when you, when you have that significant other that you can't talk to or you can't let it out. And then you just hold it in. So I was like this person that would just hold it in, felt like I had nobody to talk to, had to be somebody I'm not. And it's not that's not the way to go. I just wanted to share that to show that listen, if you have if you're in that type of relationship, just like you said, get out. Mm-hmm. Like you you need to be with somebody who you can feel comfortable enough to talk about how you feel and they be there for that support. If you your significant other can't be your support system, then you definitely need to reconsider being in that relationship exactly. because it is gonna make you feel like you have to be somebody you're not, um, because you don't wanna feel, you know, like um you, you know because you you, you want to in your relationship when you're in a relationship you you look up to that person that you're in a relationship with so you don't want them to look at you some way some type of way so they're expressing to you that oh you're weak-minded or you're weak for being depressed then you're going to try everything in your power not to be depressed because you don't want them to look at you as weak but then that kills you on the inside because you are battling that alone so mm-hmm. just don't do that to yourself I just want to share that. So you Agreed. Not do that to yourself. Not do that to yourself. It's not Seek worth help. it. Yeah. Yeah, it is definitely not worth it. Uh, I am no longer in that relationship. You know, I was happy skipping to the, the court to get that divorce. She the, drove, y'all. She didn't skip. I did. <laughs> but I, I would have skipped if it wasn't um, that far away. But <laughs> I did skip up the, the steps to go inside. <laughs> um so Excuse now me, let's mute, get y'all. into yes um you're good let's jump into some you know i can't say that word that is say struggling stats. stats i'm not gonna try to say that again okay <laughs> we will be here the rest of the night for me trying to say that word i'm gonna just point to you and you can say okay, it whenever me. you point at me i'll say statistics Okay, so, um, oh no, I should have had me some water. My mouth was getting dry. Um, depression is affects. It's very common. It's in the United States. It actually um affects eighteen million adults in any given year. Wow, eighteen million. So it is very, very common. Wow, that um, is really common. Yes, it is. I didn't know this. It is the leading cause of disability for ages 15 to 44. Oh. That's a shocker. Yeah, that is a that's a shocker. Oh wow. Yes. 
I would never would have thought that that was a leading cause of disability. Um, but yeah, that's a really eye opener there. Mm-hmm. Another one is, it is the primary reason why someone dies of suicide about every 12 minutes. That's over wow. 41,000 people in a year. Every 12 minutes. Did y'all hear that? Because, you know, when I was telling y'all my story earlier, I told y'all flat out, if I had not gotten the help that I needed to get when I was 13 years old, then I would not be sitting here today. Um, Because I attempted multiple times to take my life and I put my family and my friends through hell trying to figure out what was going on with me. And every 12 minutes, someone dies from suicide. That, that's a real number. Right. Sorry, you can keep going. Yeah. This is deep. No, I'm just saying the piggyback, I said in comparison, like comparison, comparing it to homicide claims, it's less than 16,000 lives each year. So comparing that to suicide, it's over 41,000 people a year. But we'll put all our money into those dang homicide investigations and all that, but ain't nobody trying to figure out why so-and-so down the street committed suicide last week. That's crazy that we're not putting any money into mental health like we should be as as a country. Mm. Go ahead. (laughs) Yes, that is uh, mind-blowing, really Mm mind-blowing. So that's why I'm doing, y'all would see me doing more and more for the mental health movement because um, it does, I'm out here with my flashlight, you guys, trying to shed light on it to try to bring awareness to it because we need, we need to all stand up for, for, for some, for mental health because there's people out there that's battling, they feel alone and we got to let them know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. They're not alone. Um, so moving on, some more statistics. Sorry. So <laughs> listen, if I'm looking at Riverside, I can't see you point. Okay. Pause, so I looked up at TikTok and saw you pointing. So you got to point higher. Okay. So- no, that's too high. Okay. Right at your <laughs> face. Just be like, I'm going to be. <laughs> okay. So depression in the workplace. Here is some stats for <laughs> depression in the workplace. On um, causes, it's 49, uh, 49, 490 million disability days from work each year is because of depression. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's a high number. It is. Yes, it counts for $23 billion in lost workdays each year. $23 billion. Sorry, I forgot the dollars. It counts for $23 billion in lost workdays. Okay. That's a lot of money, y'all. Yeah. Well, people are using their PTO uh, more for mental health days where they just need a day and they're using their PTO. Me. And people are not scared to use their PTO now. Well, you can't be because so, sometimes you need that mental mm-hmm. health day, and sometimes that's the you only need way that you break. Get it. You need that break, and hopefully, this number shows that people do need their break. Mm-hmm. They do need that break. Um, it takes an economic economic toll over one hundred billion dollars each year from United States businesses. Economic—that's the word she was saying, y'all. Economic. Yeah, you know, I can't, 
I can't. I can't say those. Um, Listen, those, it's not your fault. She was just country man. It's it's okay. I got mm. your back. I got you. Them big words. I I need little words. You know. I gotta. Um, I'm over here educated. I'm educated with a master's degree, but I don't say big words. <laughs> she has to get the hippie in the mountains to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The little the words the better. Okay. <laughs> I'm country, y'all. Anyway. Depression internationally. Oh, I said that one. Internationally. I sound sophisticated. Um it <laughs> does was, affect that oh, second <laughs> word was sophisticated for those of you that didn't catch that. <laughs> okay. Um affect it does affect over three hundred million people worldwide regardless of culture age gender religion race or economic status 300 million people worldwide i believe that as sad as it is i definitely believe that yes um it is one of the most the liberating conditions of the world with severe depression rated in the same disability category as terminal stage cancer. Yeah, because so it's up there. Anybody that's ever been through a real bout of depression, I can tell you, like, I went through weeks of not showering or brushing my hair to the point and I grew up I have naturally really curly hair if anybody knows me. Like I don't I don't even have to wear hair bows on the bottom of my hair. It just stays. Um, but I used to have like this big fro, um, and I wouldn't brush it for like three weeks and my mom would flip out on me. She's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't care about it. And it would take us forever to get through my hair because I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to lay in my bed and be left alone and listen to y'all are about to find out the real side of me and listen to my Ricky Martin on my headphones. Um, because shaking bonbon made me happy in my brain. Um, and I was convinced Ricky Martin was my husband because I didn't know he was gay. Um, no, listen, I used to cry when people told me. Anyways, but um, yes, yeah, mine was just laying in bed watching Law and Order. Like I will watch Law and Order all day, and if I'm in bed watching Law and Order, don't bother me. Right, that's my moment. Um. The Law and Order SVU, mm-hmm. that's my show. That's like my comfort show. Like, that was my thing. I will lay in bed, put that on, and please don't leave me. Just leave me alone. Right. <laughs> Let me watch my Law and Order. <laughs> so it is um, It is the leading cause of disability in the world. It is the leading cause of disability worldwide and is a major contributor to all the overall global burden of disease at that <laughs> I struggle with that one but yes so a, well and I can understand why you struggle with that one that was like a tongue twister sentence yeah. um <laughs> but no okay all right oh and and Alexandra I see your message I think it's really cool that Watertown finally got a mental hospital for those of you that don't know that's where I'm originally from is Watertown New York um, it's a very smallish community, um, but I think it's really cool that they got a mental health hospital up there, and it that's probably brought awesome. some jobs. So, um, but yeah, go ahead, you can keep awesome. going. I just wanted to acknowledge Alexandra and say hello because she's in our oh, chat. Yeah. 
I saw Honey Alexandria. I don't know why I did that voice. I don't but... either. Sheena's creepy, y'all. I don't know why she's getting creepy. But if we're going to use new voices, I want to use a different voice for the podcast also. Right. I don't know why. It's it's my anxiety. I don't know why it's uh, flipping out right now. But anyway, some more stats about... Um, Statistics. This is me. This is me pointing. Um, postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is reported to occur in fifteen percent of women shortly before or any time after childbirth, but commonly between a week and a month after delivery. So fifteen so percent. As if you aren't going has, through enough as a new mother, you know, adding postpartum right. to it is the saddest thing that can happen mm-hmm. because you're already going through so many different changes with your hormones and everything else. With your body. Yeah. And, things. and, and if you're not having that support system to help, especially to help with the new baby, it is that much worse because you have to still tend to the needs of, of the newborn or your newborn. Right. By yourself, if you don't have that support system for someone to just come in and help you out, it's a battle. Um, it does have a higher risk of developing in women with previous experience with depression, current depression, anxiety, or low partner support. So, people who have already had depression or current depression, anxiety dealing, they are at high risk of getting postpartum depression. Right. Um. And it says here, it affects not just the mother's health, but it can also interfere with her ability to care for her family, leading to impaired child development. Yeah, I mean, because think about it. If you're that depressed, I mean, as I've explained it to y'all before, like what it used to do to me as a teenager, if you're that depressed, could you imagine then trying to take care of a newborn that needs to be held and fed and, and burped and changed and mm-hmm. it just it's almost impossible to take care of another human being and take care of yourself during that time like it, it's so sad I, w- I really wish there was like a, a postpartum group that we could be like paid to step in and help mothers after they have babies because mm-hmm. I would so sign up for that like and I'm and just so we're clear like I'm afraid of babies like you can ask my sister I I didn't even always hold her baby um so I, I I was deathly afraid like her first son I was afraid to hold and then when Ethan finally came I, I held him and I just I felt absolutely in love but I really just wanted to go to her house to make sure that as a new mom she had everything that she needed you know and I wish there was some kind of group that came in when someone has babies and helped them through the first couple of months. That would be phenomenal. They could make it part of right. your insurance or whatever that your insurance covers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like they had like the caregivers for the um the elderly mm-hmm. that um I know they had this program called uh Papa Pals, which is basically um almost like a uh, uh Uber thing where you can get uh Someone to either come take you to the doctor or come sit with you, come help you out with uh, household stuff. If you need someone in your house to like, um, you know, to wash dishes, laundry, and stuff, or just to come sit with you. Um, and it's a, a a program that you can get that 
it's free to use for the elderly to use because it, it actually they get paid from your insurance, your like your health insurance. That's actually um, really cool. so they they do really need a program like that for um for new mothers. Yeah, I think that would be phenomenal. Um, that's that's uh, actually a really really good idea. Um, Amanda, you just gave me a new business idea. <laughs> We're not talking about my stable pop up people right now. Right? No. We're talking about statistics. Statistics. You just gave me a good idea. You know, I like ideas. I'm an idea maker. I come up with ideas and I issue it out to people to implement. Miss Idea anyway. Maker, are there any more statistics? <laughs> Oh, no. I'm done with this. Okay. Um, so it actually is a really good idea. I think it'd be a phenomenal thing. I mean, I I sign up for whoever wants to run that company. Just pay me decent um, and give me health benefits and I'm good. Um, so if you want yeah, to start a, that company, um, just I'll let me know. more help. <clears throat> I'm, I'm talking. Oh, it might be them. something, you know. <laughs> It might be something that I can um, develop underneath my stable mind. You know, we can have a program underneath there to uh, help mothers. That's a really good idea. I might work on something. Well, then we'll wait for that new development to come. But I, I definitely, I don't know what else Sheena might say at the end of this because I know that she prepared a lot more than I did for this um, podcast tonight. But I do want to say, yeah, like, that's fair. if you at all feel down or out or like you need some help I urge you Mm -hmm. with every bone in my body to reach out to somebody um whoever that may need to be don't battle it alone it's not worth it to try to do it alone alone. um so I'm not sure what else Sheena may have to add but I just wanted to make sure that I said that um you know there are resources out there to help you so yeah, go ahead. Our resources. Um, yeah, you're you've been on uh, such an awesome, awesome for tonight. Yes, you hit every nail on the head. Um, don't battle it alone. You are not alone. There are resources out there. There are helplines, hotlines out there. Um, reaching out to your primary care. Start there if you you don't know where to start. You can always start with your primary care. Um, letting them know how you feel and they can direct you to a specialist from there, but just speak out um, to someone to get that ball rolling. Awesome. Well, with that being said, we appreciate all of you coming in tonight, all of your comments, all of your support, all the love. You know, we were on multiple platforms tonight, so it's great to see all the different faces everywhere. Um, Yeah. And then we will see you all next Saturday at 8 a.m. for current events with Coffee with the Marie's. And so until then, we are two people. Two opinions. Real talk. Real talk. Bye, y'all. Good night, y'all.